podcast, Picks and Perspectives, with Chris Johnson. This is my first Zoom phone call ever, so sorry oh. for the. Uh... <laughs> no worries. I'm only on like my seventh or eighth or something like that. I'm I'm learning trial by fire as well. So I hear you. So I know I talked to you, man. I said I was a, a fan of uh, what you're doing here. So I either get grainy visuals or it'd be too dark and too. I, so the the hard part for me has been video editing and getting like camera stuff right and. Uh, yeah, I feel you with the video stuff. It's like, uh, it's you got to kind of dedicate to learning it because you're right, no one's coming to save you. And even YouTube tutorials can be uh, not as easy as they seem. No, no. And well, I, the, so the, 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 my resolve has been since the beginning, really, like I started this podcast with my phone. So I would just put my phone down between me and whoever my guest was backstage in a van, bus, didn't care, you know, on a park bench. Uh, because a, I like the idea of being interested in what, you know, like being so like interested in what you're doing. So curious about what it is that you're trying that you'll just kind of start really humble on really simple. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I also like too like, I found a few other, other people's podcasts where like, I can see like, you can, you can go back to like Rogan, right. And you look at the early days of Rogan, all these random split screens, different people mm-hmm. in the same, you know, it, like it was, it was hokey at best. And so um, it, all that kind of inspired me to go, you know what, just work with what you got. Just yeah. do that. I think, you know, and I might be opening a rabbit hole here with this statement, but I think that with anything, people know honesty and integrity when they see it. And so, even if like the beginning of this podcast starts with me figuring out audio, like I think there's something cool about like just an honest approach. I like that there's a, you know, for the most part, you don't stop and start podcasts. I like the open format of it. And uh, I think people just recognize the honesty about it. You see humans like uncut, whereas the rest of the things you see, whether it's, you know, a video on Instagram or whatever, you're seeing the finest polished thing. And so I kind of dig how this is all just honest and, and I like the approach and, you know, I think that's important with podcasting. You don't want to, you don't want a bullshit approach Same. or or anything about it to be bullshit. Hundred percent agree, man. I I think that it's a it's a welcome relief because, uh, like you said, like everything, most of what you see in media is slick and polished, and uh, you know, most advantageous cuts and the most advantageous angles and perfect lighting and then you, then they can airbrush it afterwards and all these things <laughs> yeah. so we're, so, you know, and it's a part of that that like uh we've gotten used to and I, I, hey I'm, I'm a fan of slick like i i was just listening to your infinite mind record again and i mean hey like i I'm, I'm i'm thankful that you're into slick editing and slick sounds too because like it comes across in, in your albums both your solo and with boo and so um you know like we're not it's not like we're not fans of of slick yeah. quality things because we like big budget films and stuff too Absolutely. when it comes to getting to know somebody uh it's nice to like kind of you know have a little bit of raw i don't 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 cut it all out i want to know who you are you know absolutely you know when for example we talk about the editing and stuff on on some of our records like when we were like in high school and doing the first born with Cyrus record like uh, one of our big influences was the band that was on our record label the faceless and it was like about having this machine 
quality that was like the attractive part was the the drum sounded fucking perfect and like <laughs> everything sounded so so perfect and so that was like what was turning us on at the moment and so it became a part of what our band was is to become like this machine sounding robotic sounding thing and then it was good intentions of course and i still dig it i don't i don't have an issue with it but then you know the other day like growing up i like love system of a down for example it's just one yeah. example and if you listen to like those records like you hear like a string pop like you hear all the crazy shit and it gives it a personality and it gives it an attitude so so many different approaches about about polishing music in particular but um yeah I, I, it's funny to look back and 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 think about where it came from where you, you hear everything and the, that gave recordings personality into now where we're all a lot of bedroom producers just putting out absolutely perfect perfect things <laughs> and uh you know it's funny i just finished my second solo record and this is the first one that i've oh. done everything um even mixing and mastering so i'm excited about that um, oh. and this time around it was actually leaving I was learning to just leave in aspects of what's real. So for example, there's like a couple spots where I'd be like, oh, there's this bend that I really did. But you know, for example, when you bend a note, you can hear like an underlying spring or like a string kind of there. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, shit, I loved that bend so much in that take, but like, you can hear this. And, and so this time around, I'm like, I'm leaving it. That's the one I like and it's real. And if you solo it, when you get the stems or whatever, you'll hear that shit and I think it's personality and I, and I kind of dig it even if it's adding this grotesque style I mean whatever's ringing underneath is probably not like in the key of whatever's happening but I just dig it now and so I'm actually kind of headed back towards the direction of I want things to be perfectly clean but almost not necessarily performance I want a clean recording but like the performances don't need to be perfect yeah. I mean, yeah, it's good, but not perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I get what you mean. And I and I dig that so much. I think I dealt with it a lot when I was at EMG TV, what back in the day, like I I I fly artists in and you know, you know the 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 whole deal there. We just do play through videos and yeah. um I'd see I'd see so many badass players uh want to do a seventh, an eighth, a ninth, a tenth take. I bet on something you know because because it's it's technical music and i get it it's like it's a lot of notes it's a lot it's a lot to be responsible for and yeah. that's the thing that uh, i think uh that fans and, and artists alike should you know just make friends with is that like hey man you, you're responsible for a whole lot yeah. a whole lot and to keep it together as the, the main focal point as a acrobatic uh you know wizard guitar player you know like yeah, I get it. You know, do we do we want the guy, uh, the 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 star of the show, to pull off the big, you know, finale, the big thing? Yeah, we totally do. We're totally yeah. down. But but there's something about the human element because because we've all tried and fucked up. We've all tried and 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 grinded at something uh, endlessly. And and even in the hundredth and you know time, we're like, ah, I'm not getting it yet. You know, I don't have the thing. Yeah. And so to show your little bit of vulnerability. Is such, is such a it's it's actually a big turn on for most of us now that we're kind of like now that we've sucked the air out of everything and we've and we've seen what it's like to like have have it just yeah. be infinitely perfect you're like nope nope yeah. oh, i'll take the little <laughs> string thing out take this little thing out and it's just and and yeah that's a form in itself but but ultimately i think that as we grow and mature as musicians and, and listeners 
that we end up going, oh, I mean, I, it's, it's not as relatable. Like I, I can't, I can't even do that. <laughs> like, I, mm -hmm. you know, not even that I, you know, or, or it just feels like uh, it's good for effect. I think more than anything, it's good to like, let people in, you know? Absolutely. On this note of uh, me doing the mixing and mastering and the thing, it, like it was a process and along the way, and this is the reason I bring it up is because it was a learning process along the way. So on our third record, the discovery was my first time doing in studio born with Cyrus work. So that's the one I started editing guitars. And then the next record, I learned a little bit more because born on our first few records, we got to record with very talented producers. And I'm always the guy in the room who's like picking the brain. If you're in a room and, and you have something that I would hope to learn, I'm going to respectfully bother the shit out of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to learn from you. And so the process of born recording our records, I learned more from every producer that we were with. And so each record, it's our discovery editing guitars. The next one I got to track bass and edit and guitars. And then the next one I did keys guitars and bass tracked and edited and then the next one i the simulation that came out last year with born i did the whole thing minus vocals and so this solo record it's the whole thing whole thing mixed mastered and so along the way you have these trial and errors and these lessons that you learn and so on the note of like perfection like for example our first born record completely real everything but we uh edited the drums and sound replaced the performances to make them sound big and so people were like oh it's programmed but it wasn't it was totally mm -hmm. real and so the next record what happened was is we were like all right let's go really really real sounding so we don't have to deal with this again and then what happened was is people were like the recording isn't very good because it's like too weak or something you know and so you kind of learn along the way that re uh, it can sound perfect and be real and then you can almost go the opposite direction and kind of hurt your product and finding a balance and sometimes never no one's going to be happy either first. and uh so the first solo thing i ever did was a track called uh skylasher and it wasn't attached to a record or anything it was just one single song excuse me and uh that was the first one that i like learned a new uh, technique of editing and so i edited i learned how to do like basically really tight editing but you you bump the front of the transient a 64th or whatever just a little bit earlier because i think a lot of bedroom producers will chop their breakdowns or their notes where they see the kit or the kick on the grid and what mm. they don't realize is like the, the like the chunk the the pick attack the personality the the gent you know uh sometimes comes before that kick happens so you mm. get this robotic sound and it can sound cool inside but it's not real and so for example i was just learning this new editing trick where you get all the pick attack however I would still keep things really robotic the way I grew up with Born. And then so a lot of people were like, oh, the it's programmed guitar. And first of all, I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> what does that even mean? There's a guitar program like that to do that. <laughs> no. I later found out they thought you could like reamp Guitar Pro or something. And I actually oh. mixed a band that sent me that to do. And I wasn't stoked. But in the <laughs> end, I learned what they were uh, thinking I was doing. But um, no, that was, again, that was a learning experience along the way of like mixing something, uh, editing something too perfectly to the point where people think it's not even real. And so then your perfect scheme just collapsed in your face, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Then you get a bunch of doubters now. So I like that what you're we're talking about, cause you're shifting. What you'll do is if I understand you correctly, is you're, you're recording everything uh, in time to, to the thing. But um, if you didn't get that kind of pre uh, like, touch of the string or the breath like right before the start that you'll shift everything a micro nano second yep. back so you get a smidge of that but everything still basically stays in time exactly so when you zoom out of like audio 
you see the spike, say it's a snare drum, like crack, right? So to you, audibly, a snare starts with the smack, right? It should look like a spike, and it's what it is. But whether it's a kick drum or a spike, a snare, whatever it is, audio, if you zoom in, you'll always see at the front that there's just this little... Ooh, the ramp. It's the ramp up to it, no matter how yep. sharp that hit is. So you want the bulk of the spike of your your pick to be on time. But what people will do is they'll cut the what's before it off because it's technically, yes, it is early. But however, that doesn't mean you're hearing it early. It means that it's just really just the natural way that the audio happens. I hope mm. I'm explaining it kind of correctly, but. Yeah, I, I totally follow. I and mean, it's, it's, it's kind of timely too, because I was just, I'm just, I'm kind of new to, to watching the Rick Beato. Uh, do you know Rick Beato? I'm new to it too, but I'm a fan. Yeah, me too. Like, uh, what, a, like I, <laughs> I'm so, I'm so impressed with his knowledge and like how also how clean of videos he produces. Exactly. And, like everything, <laughs> everything about it. I'm like, can you be my dad? <laughs> like, cause you're sure. awesome, dude. Um, but like, I was just watching uh, a thing, one of his videos about uh, five things you should know to be a better bass player or something like that. Cause I'm, I'm doing a little bit of bass on some of my, my demo tracks and stuff. And, yeah. uh, and I, and I actually really love bass and I, and I, I just always felt like, so like, I don't know how to be a bass player though. So, um, I'll just let, leave it to somebody else and I'll just hold the root notes and somebody else can replace shit. Mm -hmm. But, but uh, last night I was watching that, uh, it was interesting. One of the, one of the tips he was like, uh, he, that he had, he had uncovered through the years of producing bands and recording was that he really liked it when the bass was a little bit behind the kick mm -hmm. and, he, and he's like oh it, it there's something about when it's just a little behind it makes it the the whole track seem bigger because yeah. it it kind of follows you like the, the you hear the attack of the kick and the bass kind of carries it on in a way that like it, it i don't know I don't know the way he was explaining it, but it made me uh, really kind of evaluate a little bit. I was like, oh, that's, and, and then he talked about time shifting and, and how, uh, you know, a good bass player actually should be able to utilize playing on the beat, behind the beat, and in front of the beat when Absolutely. it is uh, called for as, as an effect, so to speak. Yeah. So another example of, um, so like say you're doing a run on a record a solo thing and you're doing three notes per string even in my voice trying to do that show you you'll notice that like when you do the three notes they'll be in succession right but you can see when you had to do that string skip you're not saying you're getting off time but you can almost see that there is this this microscopic lag and the fact that you did change strings and so that note might come just a little bit slower than your first three because they're on the same string. So the fourth one might be a little behind. And so I know a mistake I used to make was I would go in and be like, oh, I can see that because I was thinking perfect, <laughs> perfect at the time. And uh -huh. I would put it forward and then it wouldn't sound good. It actually sounded fake and kind of crappy. And so but hmm. what the beauty of it was is that it was <laughs> actually just a little bit behind and it kind of just felt better. And so I think that's um, I think that's what gives it life. You know, I think hmm. If it's everything is too perfect like that, you can just tell. And you can make guitar that is real sound fake if you do it, you know, kind of in the wrong way. Kind of, I guess, the way I did it, you know, on that first recording I was talking about. But it's all just a crazy learning experience. And I agree. The, some of the best runs that I've done, like, supernaturally, no touched at all. If you zoom in, 
the notes are a little bit behind, but I don't think you hear it and go, that's behind. You actually just, you, you look at it and you see it. And that's how you find out that just behind the tiny, this tiniest bit is actually kind of like, it sounds good. Well, it's, it, it actually speaks to, uh, like you kind of said, like it, it keeps things sounding alive. And like, um, I think it speaks to like what, what a real band tends to end up doing anyway with left, left to their own devices in a practice room without a click. Yeah. You know, like, uh, or even with a click, but like, but, but old school, like, that's why, I mean, you wouldn't, if you clicked out and you, if you tempo mapped Zeppelin, I don't think you'd be happy about the result, you know, yeah. like, I just don't think you would because it was, it's a feeling it's, a, it's a, it's not, it's, it's, it's not an exact shape. It's not an exact science. It's, it's a, it's an individual uh, plus another individual plus another individual yeah. or in, in our case at home like uh, when we're all doing it ourselves it's 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 one take versus another human take versus another yeah. human take right and as you bring those together um and and, and they're slightly out of time with each yeah. other they sound bigger and they and and there's something that that allows them to, to be larger than the than if they were all perfect because the perfect is almost there's an element of squashing it and then 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 the wideness and the the, the liveliness of yep. it kind of goes away there's a you know i'm sure guitar players that watch this will know exactly what i'm talking about because i don't know the exact effect i haven't done it myself but there's some people that'll use a delay so so tight of a delay and it's really just the same thing being such a, a tad delay that you get exactly that you get bigger and so i think that's when you're talking about a band like Zeppelin or whoever, like that's where you get the beauty because you'll have some people behind the beat and the guy the front, but then this like this kind of thing like that makes it makes it exactly what you said, just bigger and uh, it gives it that sexy, real. It's who they are. It's their personality. It's a stamp. I think it's cool. I, th I think of Maiden, like like you think of three part, three guitars. Yeah. Uh, you know, doing their parts and they're not perfectly in time. That's like the beauty of it. And, uh, and I think, uh, yeah, like what you just described, actually there was a, a, a there's a few different pedals out there that, uh, that are doublers mm -hmm. that, that, that are, that are actually meant to go kind of left and right stereo. Right. So that you, so when you click it on and you want to take your solo that you have like this wide, depth of field and it sends the one the one to the left or the right it's just milliseconds just exactly. lagging behind right so it sounds big though like zach wilde is really uh, is really a fan of that sound because it's a recording technique that a lot yeah. of these guys would do it beforehand they go and they'd cut the solo two times you know try to be almost a pretty exact and if, if it was exact they just shift one but like i think that they yeah. would just kind of relax on one of them a little bit and then Absolutely. you get this bigger thing you know it's funny you mentioned uh, if we looked back on like Zeppelin's, you know, just the the tempo maps. You know the band Carbon. Are you familiar? With, yeah, with fan, them? love them. Huge fan of my, myself too. So Greg, I toured with them last summer, and Greg, what he does, he's a guitar player, and uh, he he told me he likes to go into those old recordings and tempo map them because they didn't really mostly. <laughs> really? I'm not going to speak on Zeppelin for example, but sure. let's say them didn't use a click. They got in a room and recorded it. I, I don't know their process, but I, I would guess that. Anyway, so he will go and try to get it to a click because if you've heard Car Bomb, you know that you can't even tell what's going on. It was me, Dude. like, so it was me <laughs> and Animals as Leaders and Car Bomb on tour. And like, with, so me and Tosin and Javier, like, 
and people look at Tosin and Javier, Javier like gods, you know. But yeah. it's the three of us staring at Carbon like with like a jaw <laughs> drop, just like what the hell is happening every night side stage because we're such fans. And I think you know, it's because they shift in the tempo and they just they make you feel like you're walking, and then someone grabs your belt and like make you like the music feels like this start stop kind of thing. That's cool and. So I'm not sure how he applies it, and I shouldn't speak on his behalf, but <clears throat> I do know that he does go into those old recordings and tempo map them and figure out and figure out why this sounded so great. And maybe it's a part slows down over time and it makes you feel like something's coming, or maybe it speeds up and, and builds your anxiety in your body like to, to what's coming. And so there's a, a, a freedom and there's a, a beauty in kind of manipulating that, that way that you can build tension with speed increase and, and decrease. And when you use a uh, click all the way through, you kind of lose that. So yeah, it was, you said it was Greg that's the guitar player? Uh-huh. Of Carbomp? Yeah, I met him briefly at NAMM this year. Uh, and I've been a fan of his since like the earlier, the, like maybe the first album or whatever uh, that came out a long, long time ago. But uh, dude, their, their tempo shifts are so incredible. It's part of the reason why you put a Carbomp album on. It's like, I want to be uh, slayed by not knowing exactly how they pull this off. Uh, yeah, I'm slayed. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, and it's just uh, wonderfully creative music. One thing I find really cool about it is I, so there's some bands that just do like this math tech stuff. And to me, it's not attractive personally because there's something about it that is just too much. And I would say Carbomb is like, they're doing maybe even crazier stuff than some of those bands, but they are giving it to you in a way that I can handle at least. Like mm -hmm. it's not too much that it's just annoying to listen to, but I don't know what they're doing. I can't figure it out. However, it's not too much to where it's like, oh, it's not like try hard. It doesn't feel like they're trying right. too hard. It feels like it's just second nature for them to be that technical and that advanced. And I'm a fan. So I'm doing a production thing right now. I'm uh, Guys got me writing a song with them. I'm doing a lot of studio work in quarantine time. Cool. Um, and we were doing, he had these, he's like, sent me this song by David Maximicic. He's like, I like this, this thing going on at this, this <laughs> tempo. And it was at like, it's just upbeat. And the guitar part he sent me to like work off in the beginning was like really slow. I'm like, well, you understand, like, we're not going to get this intensity at this tempo. So the third part of the song he wanted to be up to this tempo and so i'm like well we can't just jump 30 bpm like that so like we're almost working on how to get it up there slowly so like the last couple measures of the two previous parts will do a slight ramp because i don't want it to be jarring but mm -hmm. we got to get there and so what we found in a couple places was just that slight tempo increase i don't even know if the person listening will know exactly because again i'm trying to not make it jarring i'm trying to make it really subtle but we did find that it does make you feel like, oh, what's coming next? What's coming next? Like internally. And so it's just really interesting what you can do. It makes me think more about entertaining more tempo changes in my music because Born, we did a ton of them at certain times in our career. And then there was a couple years in my career where I'm like, I don't like that. Like it sounds forced or something. So I've the last year or so, I'm kind of really getting into why it worked when we did it before why I went through a phase where I felt like it sounded unnatural and how I can try to incorporate how we get back to like the middle ground where we can do tempo changes, but don't feel like, well, should this just be another song at this point? Cause this isn't even the same tempo. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to getting into it 
as a student on my own terms. I'm not like uh, YouTubing things, but I'm trying to learn what makes me feel a certain way and why it makes me feel a certain way and then maybe implement it in the future. That's cool. That's cool that you're still, I mean, you sound like you're uh, an internal student of sorts too, like that you're not, you don't feel like you've necessarily arrived and you're open to what, you know, what's the right way to move forward. I think it's got its pros and cons like for example i've been playing guitar for 21 years now and like i'm signature guitar with keys so i'm so blessed and everything and but there's so many days of the week that i pick up the guitar and i feel like i'm just terrible and so like mm. i think there's a part of that that makes me go it makes me get better and so i think that's why i'm still a student of the instrument 21 years later however um it's got its cons because some days you're just hard on yourself and you feel bummed about it but the next day it'll be the reason you get better. Even if today's the reason you're kind of bummed about it, you know? So mm. I don't know if I think it's, you know, your, your own worst critic and kind of turns you into a perfectionist that over time makes you better. Even if you have those days where you're like, shit, I don't sound good. I haven't played guitar in three days. They're just, these aren't working together. This is picking faster than this is moving or vice versa. I do. I do know those days. And I like, I recently, when I, when this quarantine first happened, I just played, 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 played and I played a bunch. And I was starting to feel like, yeah, like I'm kind of like going somewhere. I'm doing something like I'm like, I'm like, you know, cause it's it, a lot of it has to really do. And I will just, I know that it's been said so many thousands of times, but consistent, consistent practice over time uh, can't be fucked with really, because it's the thing that you yeah, you will have days where you don't feel as dope in those consistent days. But man, like there's going to be more days that show up because you're, if you're, if you're doing that one or two hours every day and you show up for it, there's going to be like, it's going to be a week where like almost every day you feel like fire and you're just like, you can't almost do anything wrong. Like you're like, Oh no, I'm like, <laughs> and then you're, you're going to have to make up for that. And you have a couple of shit days, you know, before, before the end of the year or something. But I, I see that uh, also to just as like uh, if you really want to achieve something whatever that might be that you 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 kind of like learn to show up for yourself more often and 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 be and be okay you know with like the days like hey the days are that i'm not great that's okay because i have to get those out of the way so that yep. the other days will will show up too you know i know fellow peace artist now marco kubo from vale maya um, yeah I, I, we grew up in Chicago with them. So before we were signed to oh. labels, we were playing free local shows in high school together. And all that Rad. Stuff. Um, but, you know, he talked to me one day, this is years ago, and because he's the majority songwriter of Vale, or like the songwriter for Vale. Um, sure. And he was like, man, I'm just going through this uh, writer's block phase. And he's like, and I can't crack it right now. So at this moment, in this one period of time, that's how he was feeling. And, uh, I think that's a question a lot of people ask all the time to any artist or any songwriter. It's like, how do you get through those moments? And so you said showing up. And so this is exactly what I told Mark. This is what works for me. This is what I do. I show up to the studio. Well, thankfully it's in my house now. Yeah. Um, every day. And so what I do is I sit down and I record something every single day and I'll date it. If, it, if it's not connected to a song, I'll date it, bounce it up. So every single day, the goal is to show up mm. just to get there. And at first, if you don't keep what you use, that's okay. But what you realize is like every day, you learn to take those days as it's okay because there will be tomorrow and I will be here tomorrow. And so it makes those days feel a little bit less toxic and heavy on your shoulders because if you show up every day, I promise you, 
you'll have more good days than bad, I, I think. But I think Agreed. that if you just show up, like you're saying, be consistent every single day, then I don't even think Rider's Black, I don't, I'm not going to say it doesn't exist because I think it does, but like it, it's an easy way to eliminate it. And you don't have to keep that riff at all. And uh, I don't know Will Swan personally, but uh, in passing acquaintances, but uh, Mark Akubo, who I'm just talking about, said that when he was with Will writing a song together for their new Dance Gavin Dance record, he had a folder and it was just a riff folder. So that's a quick way for you to build up something like that. A library of riffs mm. is being there every day. It doesn't have to be connected to a song. Most commonly, I do open up my current song and work on that song. But if I have a, a writer's block phase, write a riff, save it, date it. And then you have a, a bank of things to go look at later. Apparently, Will, you know, utilizes that a lot with, with Dance Game of Dance. That's awesome. I like that. And I, and I also, I mean, I think that sometimes, sometimes that writer's block will kind of be pointing towards maybe you're grinding too hard or, or flexing too hard on something, right? And that's why it's yeah. good to like change modes and, uh, you know, whatever that may be, it could be, could be, you know, dropping off and going working on a different riff and not the current project that you're actually trying to, to finish. Or it could be, uh, hey, you know, get out, go for a walk, uh, do some exercise or, you know, do, do live life so that then you can then be inspired by the life living back to, to give into the, the, the creation again. I think uh, hollow, hollow creation is, is a thing. Right. Like, oh, and I, yeah. and I hate to, I hate to like, even, uh, because that uh, uh, <laughs> eventually somebody goes, Oh, is my creation hollow? Or they're like, in <laughs> like, well, <clears throat> don't take offense to it. It's just a real thing that, uh, that you have to do because, uh, creating and, and, and writing and, and, and playing and all, everything that we're doing is technically a practice, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, 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 even you who gets paid to do the thing that you love to do, for a living right it's still a practice even though you're a professional so then that's the thing that i think that you know I, i've had to kind of connect it to a little bit in, in 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 a few different aspects of my my world but one of them is yoga teaching and that's like um just even though i technically get paid for it and i'm technically licensed and everything and i'm i would be considered by most people to be a professional at it um it's still a practice and you don't it's not it's never a perfect you know, and, yeah. and that's kind of, kind of harkens back to the first conversation around letting some human qualities into your recordings and the whole thing. And when you squeeze out the humanity, uh, you might be creating a hollow creation. Like you, like it doesn't mean officially depends on yeah. what your aim is, but you have to kind I've, of practice so many hours to like kind of get through that and get to the human part i think sometimes i agree i also have hollow and i think it's kind of what you're saying but also maybe a different side of the coin or same side different i'll just say what i'm saying sure um so nine to five is kind of like my studio time every day i treat it like a job because it's actually my favorite part about being in a band like i love nice. touring but now after doing it for over a decade and seeing some cool places in the world my favorite part rests in the studio with the creation because i don't think there's a better mm -hmm. feeling of when you finish something and it happens right here in this room. You just listen to it and you're just walking around. You're like, I just made this. It's so cool. Um, so I'm like someone who's in studio every single day. And now that people don't have jobs to go to, unfortunately, and all this stuff like that, what I'm finding on the internet is everyone's like, I'm in the studio every day now, writing, writing, writing. And so here's the weird part for me is you said, I need to take in life to like, to give to recording. So for me, I haven't been writing right now because I'm stuck in this house. And uh, even though the 
I'm still here nine to five. Like I usually am. Like, I don't feel inspired because I feel hollow about the way that I'm writing right now. Like I need life experiences. I need to take things in. And even though I'm still here nine to five normally, um, then I go to jujitsu and there's something about, that's my exercise. And so that's like your yoga. And like, you know, when you just, you're finished that hour, hour and a half, whatever it is, there's just some feeling that you get. It's just a reset. Whatever was bothering you earlier in the day is now gone. Um, I need that. And then on the weekends, even if it's going to a concert, going to a bar, whatever, um, there's just some life to be living, being social. I have this book mm-hmm. called, I don't, know, I don't see where it is, but it's just about how you, we're wired to connect as humans. Yeah. Even if you consider yourself an uh, introvert, you don't need to be social with everyone on the planet, but I still think you need your, your person or your small group to be social. You need life. You need to take in things like this. And yeah, so for me, like, thank God I'm mixing my solo record and we're doing art for the newborn record because it's been hard for me to kind of write right now. I feel like I need more than my house mm. to, because to, I feel there's like hollow because of that. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And I think, I think what we're pointing at too, a part of it, at least in my philosophy uh, that I've kind of begun to form to some degree is that relationship is the maybe the primary aspect of life like i mean in, at, at, a, at a real basic uh even scientific level like uh, the relationship between you know things and stuff mm-hmm. and events like the time and space between stuff and so like there's all this little like kind of scientific uh cosmolo- cosmological like relationship you know and in the in the, in the theory of relativity and how uh, how one thing is relative to another, right? But then there's this the social po- part of it with our human relationships and our and our psychological awareness that we we the like think is it Krishnamurti? I'm not sure who it was that that wrote a book that was called The Mirror of Relationship, and it's really uh, kind of the study like like having a relationship with you tells me and informs me more about who I am it as, as you reveal yourself and as I reveal myself, we learn more about ourselves and, and it's, That's it's beautiful. This, yeah. It's this weird, it's this weird thing. But if, if, if we, if we take the time to kind of uh, tune into that, then, then we can see how it's kind of the reason we're here. I think, you know, like, I mean, cause yeah. that's a, one of the big cosmic questions, like, what's the meaning mm-hmm. of life, you know? And, you know, Alan Watts would say, well, <laughs> the life, meaning of life is to live. Like you're doing it. You're it's, it's, yeah. it's happening now. Like <laughs> you don't have, you don't have to figure out some future event. You don't have to regret the thing that is already done. It's gone. We're here now. And in, in this now, uh, we have the opportunity to reflect, mirror, uh, to contrast with others. And the moment I say, you know what my favorite thing is, or, or this is how I do it, whatever, then you kind of go, there's an internal like switch that maybe, maybe it was there because somebody else already, you know, presented some sort of uh, t- uh, opinion on the topic or, or whatever. And so you might already have a kind of a ready-made answer, but it's not until somebody else shows up with the thing or, or something happens to you that you kind of know how you feel about it. Like, uh, I, like, Somebody goes, oh, yeah, I, I really love this band, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I never really gave them a chance. I don't really know how I feel about it yet. 
right? I don't, I don't know yeah. who, I don't know who I am in relationship to that thing yet. Um, I'll give them a chance. Oh, I listened to him. You know what? For me, not happening. It's not my thing. I, I know I, yeah. they, I can hear the, the, the talent, but um, you know, I'll, I'll listen to Born of Osiris instead, you know, like that's my deal or whatever, you know, like, and then, and, and that person gets to go back and go, Oh, well shit. If they're not, if they don't like it the way I like it. Do I, is my perception accurate? You know, and we kind of, yeah. we do this thing back and forth, back and forth. That, you know, when you said the title of that book first, my mind started going, all right, what's that mean? Cause you were within seconds, you were explaining it, mm -hmm. but even seconds into it, like, that's a gorgeous book title. Mm -hmm. It might've been the happiness hypothesis. I might be looking at it right now. It doesn't matter, but yeah, I find that like humans are wired to connect. We've studied animals, we've studied humans and we've learned that like, whether it's an animal that's, they give uh, the show, it's its parents and they look at the way it, uh, it works in its cage and does its thing, the way they test it or whether it's human and depression levels and how much they're around people. Um, it's just interesting in the fact that what you learn is that we are supposed to be connecting with each other. It's who we are as a, as, as people, we've, we've, we've advanced ourselves with our connection and our communication to each other. And it's something, I think a lot about the introvert extrovert thing because for a while there, it was almost like cool on the internet. Like, oh, I'm an introvert. So I'm like, I'm staying <laughs> home today. Yeah, but yeah. like, it's interesting because what I find is, um, and I, and I considered myself that a long time, like anxiety for years I used to be prescribed a medication long story I'm I decided to live without any of it and embrace anxiety and sadness and happiness and just put it into music and embrace that this is who I am and my many sides make my music what it is so mm. but what I've learned is even when I consider myself like an introvert you still need your best friend or your girlfriend or your mom or your dad like I, th I think making being an introvert fashionable a couple of years back was a big mistake because if you're that then be that that's cool that's cool but like i feel like when it becomes a fashionable thing and people start shutting themselves out and like i don't know i don't think it's healthy and I, and I just find that even introverts need some group whether it's really small or not to uh to to connect and i also think it depends on who you're talking to like good people that have good communication will bring conversation out of people who consider themselves quiet you know like i don't really care for small talk but when it's the right person, like you or someone I know and care about, like I'll talk all day. Whereas mm. I'll have nothing to say to someone and it doesn't mean anything that I dislike them or anything. It's just like, we don't need, there's nothing here to say, but like certain people, I find that a quiet person can just become talkative as hell because you're with the right person that makes you feel good and you have a connection. There's a certain synergy, right? Yeah, I think, I love what you uh, are saying there because that actually, to me, that points towards uh, the, the kind of the paradox of like, okay, yes, we are all individual consciousnesses residing in our own meat suits, right? Okay, yeah, <laughs> yes, scientifically, yeah. this is true. But the paradox is that we are all a part of the same event, right? So oh, thinking yeah. about the, we're, we're all a part of the same event this is an event that's happening on this tiny blue dot in the middle of cosmic vast millions and trillions of light years of stuff being placed in a vast emptiness we don't we can't quite comprehend you know yeah. even with our high technological and it's, it's i think it's a really funny thing is that like uh because because we have it's you know it's part of the kind of the ancient like uh 
concept of like ego sickness or like, you know, being, being a, you know, the, the weighing too heavily on our individualistic, uh, ways. Right. So like, and so the, the, the admiration or the kind of, uh, um, you know, making it cool to be an introvert and loner and like, which we've had multiple phases. If you look back in the fifties, there's, there's each, each kind of generation has its own little version of like, he's, you know, John Wayne was a tough, rugged individual, right? Like, and he played these type of things and that mirrored, uh, that was a, an example to a a whole generation of men and women Mm -hmm. on how a man should act or be or blah, blah, blah. Right. And this, in this way. uh, So, it's interesting to to just kind of t- take a, st- a few steps back and consider that, um, yeah, it, we we are individuals, but this, but we are all. There's no way we're not all one thing. Like we yeah. we all live on the same planet. Everybody you've ever heard about, ever read about, all the stories, they all lived and died right here on this little mm-hmm. rock. You know, and we'll do the same thing. We'll all pass away. All our best projects, all our very best uh, work and our, and our worst, uh, you know, experiences, all will be, you know, incinerated when the, when the sun explodes. So we're in this together in that way yeah. and many other ways. But in that way, especially it's like to know that like we're all, it's all equal. Like no, nobody, the cosmos won't remember us the way we would like would believe or would hope that would but the eventuality is like flatline kind of for everything so yeah so the 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 extrovert you know needs a little bit of introversion you know and and it's that it's that yin and the yang and then the introvert needs a little bit of extroversion yeah you know and to, to be balanced and to stay healthy and to stay connected without Without withering and dying in our studio by our little lonesome selves. That's you know, my two cents. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. And now it's got my mind going in a million different directions. I think what's Tell me. right off the bat, I thought was very interesting, is how you called what's happening right now an event. Mm. And it's just, it's big picture stuff because I think the most of us walk around day to day. And I don't think anyone would say, I'm the center of the universe. No one would say that <laughs> out loud. But I think our view of the universe, this is the center of it. Like, I don't think, uh, not intentionally. But sure. I think a lot of people's per, uh, perception of, I mean, this is all the perception we have is what we see and smell and, and hear right here in front of us. So it feels like everything is outside around around this. But I just find it very interesting that you call this all one event because I, I do think we're all one. I hate that we go into war over religion and all this stuff. When if you think about like if the world, everyone on it, no matter what their religion what country they're from if we all work together oh my god think of the power this earth would have mm. dude but instead we're like you don't believe what i believe i don't want to just kill you and your whole family like it's so insane to me and uh I, you know i'm sure there's people that have served and i don't want to belittle anything of anyone that's been overseas or fought anywhere that's not my point at all i just really think of how interesting it would be if everyone on this planet came together to help each other i think it's a simple thing you can say and i know it's a complicated thing to accomplish and there's so many things that different ways to look at it but i think about it all the time just i'm reading this book called the gods of eden and it talks about in particular that they think that there's like alien uh involvement in uh in the earth and like the way things have shaped so i'm not saying you even need to believe that and i like to read books that are kind of out there to get different takes i think it's Mm. fun so i'm not saying i subscribe to everything i read but it was this particular book was saying, and this is what got me thinking of it, it was saying like, 
they're trying to stir chaos because they don't want us like leveling up as humans. So please don't think I'm some alien conspiracist in that <laughs> direction. But the one thing it did make me think is for any reason, if we were not busy arguing and fighting and going to war for any reason, aliens are not like, just would be so beautiful. If everyone did really become one, like you said, because we are one, we don't always act like it. And uh, how interesting it would be where this world would be if, if mm. it, we were all just one team. I, so I love that. And I, and, and my, in, in right dead center in the middle of my little hippie heart, like I, I have the same dream, right? Like I have the yeah. same, like, <laughs> Oh man, you know, what if there was, you know, uh, the possibility for us to come together and um, I will speak to that in the, in the way that I know how. And I, it's like, I, as, as much as I, I love that it's a really beautiful thought that um if we look there's a bunch of different ways to look at it right and one of them is that if we were to to attempt to arrange everything in in your room like in, in your in your studio right now arrange everything to be up and no down yeah is is or first of all is that even conceivable yeah. right you know and uh and if everything is up and you you erase down then 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 there's no there's nothing to contrast or compare to there's no there's no backdrop mm -hmm. so you you when you remove the backdrop then uh i don't know where i stand yeah if you're a man by yourself on an island you don't i mean there's 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 a low threshold for growth because there's not somebody there wow, giving yeah. you feedback, right? And yeah. feedback is important. It's part of our growth. We, we've seen it in every stage of our life, every stage of our evolution, that if there wasn't some sort of tension to resolve, then there wouldn't be any reason to grow, no reason to rise. And so in that way of kind of starting to look at things, um, I think that Yes, I mean, that would be wonderful. But at the same time, uh, we, we like we're, we're, I think if we can just tip the scale in the in, in yeah. the favor, like if it's 6040 would be fine with me, right? Like right yep. lately, I think the problem is that lately, we feel like it's 25050. Right. And yep. I think that I think that the 5050 thing is actually, I think that's a that's a that's a, a fake news is what I really think. Okay. Yeah. I think that uh, the advent of 24 hour news cycle and how it's been really uh, leaned on hard uh, with the current administration and, and in previous administrations, even though they looked better and felt better. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm a fan of Barack Obama, but I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. like he did shit that I was, I'm not stoked on either. You know, he had, he had yeah. to play the role of president and, but, I, but Hey, he's my favorite one so far. Like he was the coolest, yeah, you know, I like I would, I would definitely want to hang out with him and Michelle and those kids over anybody else that's ever been in the, in the, the white house. But, yeah. uh, so, so, but I say all that, um, you know, to say that like, just because it feels a certain way doesn't necessarily mean it is, there's a lot of spin going on. And, yeah. um, and, and I'll, and I'll re, uh, bring up this little story. I like to kind of, reiterate uh because it, well, alan watts is famous i i'm i'm, I'm an alan watts junkie 
I'm by the way, from, you know? by the way, <laughs> yeah. I'm such a junkie. Like I have all of his lectures. I mean, I, there might be one or two that I don't have yet, but I'm, I have pretty much everything uh, on audio and I've got most of his books and, and he's, he's pushed me into a lot of other to, to research a lot of people that he research, you know, and that, that he's like cites a lot of resources around like philosophical ideas and, and ways to look at the world. Yeah. And one of the, one of the things that he's famous for, um, I don't say famous, but like known for, for, for uh, describing is he's like, okay, so like imagine yourself, you're the creator, infinite, infinite mind. Okay. Right. Like in all directions, you know, you know, the future, the past, the, the what's to come, all these things. Right. Uh, and, and beyond what we're able to fully conceive of, because otherwise it wouldn't be, if we could conceive of it, then we would be doing that. Right. Yeah. But, but so it's, it's far beyond. So we're, if, if you could imagine, but just imagining yourself as the mind of God and, and, and what would be the, the best game going for for that type of being right and he says yeah. he says think about it that would how how boring he could do anything you wanted all the time forever and ever how how, how long before you're bored right how long before yeah. I, I i always win my team always wins and this is like tr the, the same thing as trying to arrange everything up with no down yeah. right so if i'm always winning now like you and i if we if we, if we start playing chess or any game or anything but and I'm always winning. It's only a, a, a matter of time. If you're like, man, fuck this. This isn't any fun anymore. Like I don't ever win. And, and for me, it's only a matter of time before I go, fuck this, man. I'm always winning. Like you got to like sharpen your game. Like, and yeah. so, so that, that there's no con, there's no tension. There's no, there's no real release. It's just domination. And uh, so for an infinite being, if he, if he, she, it, uh, got bored of its infinite ability the best game going would be to forget that you were god that you had all those things right and so mm -hmm. so so why not create the earth create the universe set it all in motion divide your 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 infinite consciousness up into all these living beings living things and forget and each one of them would be uh at a different stage, you know, essentially, uh, of, of remembering, uh, it's true source. Yeah. So, so, and, and that, I love that vision of it because I think about, Oh, that, so that make that vision of God, like makes sense because we're all little slivers of that initial creative cosmic energy that, uh, have amnesia, so to speak. And we're, yeah. we're all at different states, stages of waking up, to this to this to what yeah. uh, what is our true nature that's beautiful and, and it's such a good point because it goes back to things i even said earlier like so yeah it's, of course most people would say it's beautiful if everyone just came together but you're right like like i said earlier the the bad days where i feel like i'm a crappy guitar player turn into me rising up and getting better and maybe the tension on this planet does force us to own up and get become better and grow and uh like uh it's it's for example like we do the happiness tests we do them on rich people and we do them in people in jail and it's you were talking about perception it's everything and so what we found is like everyone's like oh if i just had this money or if i had this new watch or if i had this new this what we find is that like 
these bumps and happiness, like they level out all of them. And even if it's like, here's my new watch, boom. And now I'm in jail, that's a dip. But then when it becomes your reality, it comes back up. So what we found is we did these happy, I say we, not me, but they've done these tests and people that are in jail, they're, it's a happiness test and rich people will take the same happiness test. And um, what they found is like, once you adjust to what it is, like everyone's the same amount of happy. And also, like, I find it interesting is what is extreme happiness if you don't know what extreme sadness is? That's kind mm. of exactly, to bring it back to what you're just saying, like, that tension, that, uh, like, it, it's almost like if everything was up, it's all happiness, then it almost, like, you almost, it almost becomes the new normal. Like, and then it's just, this is normal again, and we get used to it, and it's our new normal. And so I agree with you. You do need tension to, A, grow, and B, realize the good things are are so good and so yeah it's not as simple as i wish everyone would stop fighting and just get along it's just it's a it's a concept that i think everyone thinks about but you can't figure it out like it's just it's too big or something well it's 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 part of what makes it all so beautiful to me i think that that, that the fact that okay not nothing lasts forever and especially these meat suits that we're driving around right like those oh, yeah. definitely have oh, yeah. a, a time stamp on them and and you know if that and i think that's where i think i want to pull it full circle i mean it's part of what we were describing with the music too okay the human out the human quality like you want dynamic in your songwriting you want dynamic in your production you want dynamic because because you aren't just a a, a stone cold rock you're not just that machine-like quality you're an organic being that is a total fucking mystery bro your your yeah. life and and how you how you exist we don't actually know we know you came from your mom and your dad we get that we know that much but how that happened and how that happens no matter even where, where we're at scientifically if you put the like most advanced like scientist in the room like be like i'd be like yo how do you grow your hair do you know <laughs> You don't fucking know how you grow your hair. Yeah. How do how do you beat your heart? You have no clue. Yeah. Like he, he and that that person might be able to cite off all kinds of. Well, you know the yeah, this yeah, affects yeah. that. You know, yeah, I know, but you don't know how you do it. Like you can't explain how you do what you do to me, uh, in any real way. So so the, and the mystery is a part of the, just underlying beauty of our existence right it's not going to last forever it's a it's a limited time only you know mm -hmm. all things must go and so so because of that each little moment we capture each little moment where we where we where we face each other and we mirror and we're like oh wow you like that i like that too oh okay cool like you know i don't really want to talk to many people but i like talking to you you know and you make me want to like chat it up and talk and, and explore my 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 own thinking you know yeah. my own my own being and 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 i think that's why we're here i think we're literally here to reflect to each other to allow to create little tensions even now this is the tougher part right is like accepting yeah. those that are outside of our own values like you know those that yeah. uh, that that we don't i don't favor we don't have same favor and values or 
life or anything like and and it feels very separate and it feels very like oh we're not i'm not one with them i'm one with ever all the good people on this planet but not yeah. those motherfuckers no i'm not gonna you know and and but that's but the truth is is that that those people supply the necessary tension for for the growth of the planet for the individual growth for the community growth and uh so 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 if we are to actually look at our our existence and our event holistically as in the whole thing then we have to embrace the the darker sides of things that we you know are always stoked to look at you know young would say shadow self or you know different philosophical ways of kind of looking at it but uh quite literally that's the backdrop for anything that's you know amazing and light to happen like i don't i only know that there's light here because there was darkness pre previously you know it's yeah. the only reason why i know i think it's a, a beautiful way to look at the darker things is that you find that it is, there's a silver lining in it silver lining and it shows us what's happiness it shows us that we need that turmoil and i think that's the coolest way to look at like i guess any issue in life is uh how can i grow from this you know i think I guess it's a tough subject and I am not an expert on uh, how parents affect their kids, but I've seen two examples of abusive parents and families. One, the kid becomes, they grow up and they become abusive at two because that's what they know. And then you see the other hand where they, they're abused and they're like, I am never going to be this way. And they take that and they find that to, to grow from. And so I know that's one example and uh, it's not something I have personal experience in and should maybe even speak on, but it's just one example of how you can be delivered complete hardship in life. Um, on any level and if you can say how am I going to grow from this then you can turn it into somewhat of a positive um, even dark things and then or just find that you know just that silver lining or do it with anything in life I think that's almost more of a key to happiness than that new watch or million dollars or something like that like is perception I, I used to want to call like every all my solo stuff just perception I think it's like cliche word but man it is everything right like uh it is you can look at anything any way you want. And so in reality, I think perception is one of the most important words like in our vocabulary and, and things to like analyze. It's like how we perceive hardships and and good things too. And so yeah, almost any art I've ever wanted to make, I was like, I'm gonna call it perception. But I think it's been done a million times, so I didn't. <laughs> well, it, 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 actually, uh, it actually speaks to because I think a lot of people have, you know, we're all working with that. And uh, it's interesting, if you haven't, uh, if you don't know about it, I encourage you to check out this older movie. It's like a, it's a dialogue heavy movie called Mind Walk. Okay. Uh, and it's like three, and I can't, I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase loosely screw up like who the characters are, but there's like, I think one's a scientist, one's a writer and one's like a politician or something like that i think and they all end up kind of through end up at this castle this famous castle in uh that's like you can only get to it when it's low tide type of thing i forget it might be yeah. in france it's a really cool thing and it's and it's really simply filmed it's i think it came out in the 90s and it's probably free on youtube mind walk um but one of the, it's really beautiful because it's, it follows them around this castle as they meet and then they all end up sharing their different perceptions around, of the world. And there's different rooms in the castle that evoke different parts of the conversation and they have little disagreements around things. And, um, and what, they, 
one of the characters kind of comes to at one point and says, ah, what we have here really is a crisis of perception, right? Like like, well, and I have an old buddy of mine that, uh, that had another band. He was in my band for a little while, but he was in a previous band called expiration date. And they like, we shared that movie so much and they put, they made their album crisis perception. It wouldn't matter. You You could still, you could still do it. (laughs) You could still do it. Cause I mean, I don't even think anybody knows that that record cause it's just a local band from Seattle. But, uh, I just think that that's a really good way of putting it in that, we're and it and it's part of the ego thing it's part of like oh well this is where i'm from and this is what i'm used to and uh you know not kind of being cut off from from the the community mindset and and being able to see because we've been sold this kind of story that like hey you gotta be rugged and you gotta like pick yourself up by your bootstraps and only you are gonna save you and there's a part of that that is there's a there's a truth in that yeah but it's not the whole truth that you, that's like, and when, and whole, and, and truths that aren't whole, aren't really wholesome for you. They're not really healthy yeah. ultimately. Right. So, you know, yeah, yeah. Yes. You do need to be, you know, as best you can, but like, there's no way, no, none of, none of us can get along without others. It's just not possible. Yeah. Like, we're not going to do it. So trying to see each other's point of view, trying to see ourselves in others, I think, is one of the little windows into uh, being more compassionate, being more concerned towards, uh, you know, the health uh, of others. Cause like, Hey, I, I, I want to be healthy. I want to be safe. Yeah. And so when we see other people that aren't healthy and aren't safe, like that should be of concern. It just should be. I agree. Right. It's a beautiful thing. And I, uh, it's interesting. They almost say like, if you want to win an argument or negotiation, like, you should be able to argue both sides of it. And I think uh, it makes perfect sense. It's almost one thing I love about podcasts. And you mentioned the Rogan one earlier, which I think obviously anyone who's seen a podcast has probably seen a Rogan one. I love the fact that like people can get and and see both sides. I love that uh, podcasts aren't, even if you and I had completely different beliefs, mm-hmm. what I love about the format is that it can be like, this is what I think, this is what you think. And, and it's almost like you, you see each other's sides and you, and you become in the middle and be like, this is okay. I love that it's never like, and so I think it's healthy. You see two sides of something and it's almost good to just, I think it's how you get the whole picture. That's the most beautiful way to feel something is if you can kind of see the other side too. It's the only healthy way mm. to, uh, to even to feel one way is to even kind of see, I see why you say that. I disagree one thing or another, but uh, you're right. The whole truth, you know, it's not wholesome. It's like, a, I'm going to quote that sometime. But yeah, the whole yeah. truth, unless it's whole, you know, it's not there if you only have one side of the coin. Um, and one of my favorite, uh, rec- like, I think, I think Alan Watts got it from uh, Jay Krishnamurti, I think, because Krishnamurti was so anti, like, he, he I love, if you don't know Krishnamurti, he, he's really worth uh, checking out too, because he, he's got some really great uh, talks, and his, to sum up, like, his standpoint, I mean, he is very, very deep, and, and, and could, you know, could go on many different topics, but ultimately, he's like, don't be concerned with anybody's opinion. Don't follow anybody for any reason. You're the person and it, you're the one that has to live this life. So, so this, yeah. this, this person over here that's got all this affluence and influence and uh, you know, 
big loud opinions about this and that don't be swayed by any of that you check in and do what you know is needs to be done so to speak and um so like i think it's kind of a paraphrase and i won't even i don't i'm sure which one is which one is which but they both kind of have said it and it's like if you're interested in the actual truth be not concerned with right or wrong because the right or wrong is the disease of the mind right like yeah. it's one of the diseases that we get into because we're like oh well i want to be on the winning team Absolutely. and 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 so if you're if you're arguing for being right and not actually interested in the truth then like we're not really having a a, a solid conversation to, to begin 100%. with 100% right so People, let's start the human there. gets so wrapped up in like they they get so wrapped up in winning the argument that they'll start hopping on the wagon of things to say to win the argument instead of things to say that were true to my original thought. Because we're so, humans like, obviously, like you said, just wanna, they wanna win by nature. And it's a healthy thing, I guess, overall, to, to wanna be, you know. But in, in the sake of conversation or argument, like, I've seen it so many times, and I think we're all maybe even guilty of it. Like, you get into an argument, and uh, you believe this, and they believe that. But then it becomes like you're you're on you got this turmoil, this unsolid ground, and then you start saying like to win this argument, I'm gonna need to reach and grab something from here. Where originally I'm I was here, but I have to grab from the this, this, and this <laughs> to get to win here. And then you stray from the path and you end up like uh saying things that maybe you don't even believe go along with the original argument just because you kinda wanna come on top and you're right, you lose sight of uh you know, you're not having the right conversation at all if you're if it's a win or lose. It's it's not it's not the healthiest way to resolve anything, you know, because you don't mm -hmm. win that way in the end. If you're mm -hmm. grasping for straws to get that win, that you're taking things that you didn't necessarily believe in the first place. It's like it's not even a true win, um, even if it feels like it. I yeah, I couldn't agree more. The I would say even in the to further that a little bit is that there's this concept of uh, I don't know if you've heard the term, but the 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 fool who persists in his folly eventually becomes wise. I'm not sure I've if you've heard, heard, you've heard yeah. that. So it's a it's and it's something that I wasn't really I, I I've heard I'd heard it a couple of times and I was like, fool who persists in his folly eventually becomes wise. And uh over time I've had multiple little like in these different talks that I listened to where it's kind of been explained more. And kind of what it is is like it, it it's 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 so the so 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 maybe you are right. Okay, you're you're totally right. You're on the right side of history. You're like you feel justified, and this is kind of like almost the worst kind in a, in a strange way. Because when you feel righteous and indignant about a thing, that's the time to check yourself right there, right? Because like, yeah. uh, then then you're then you're almost taking the the the, the same kind of extreme point of view as maybe those that have been oppressing you or the people that you're fighting for, let's say, like, like say, you know, like, and that's what happens in the left a lot in America is that yeah. we have, uh, you know, people that really mean well, bleeding heart liberal, liberals, people yep. will call them, right. You know, like they really mean well, the green peacers, the PETA people that are, don't want to see animal suffering. And in the wake of them trying to be, to do good, they end up doing a bunch of bad. Oh, you see it all the time. Right. So, so there's this, so the fool who persists in his folly becomes wise is the opposite of that kind of it's like the guy like so and it's and it's born of like a hindu 
kind of thought because 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 hindu thought is more circular and cyclical versus like linear the way that the kind of the re a lot of the rest of the world feels about you know birth and then death like this is the timeline from here to here point a point b there's a couple of different things in between blah 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 but the hindu way of seeing things is that hey you don't get it right this time bro like there's infinite lives like you're yeah. gonna like you'll get it right eventually and so there there's a little bit of like kind of lackadaisical quality to it but it, there's also this grand cycle of acceptance quality to it where it's like uh you might not understand we may not connect this lifetime but eventually after uh you know umpteen amount of incarnations your soul will evolve to the point of a buddha so to speak right uh, yeah. of, of an enlightened person and in that if you can conceive of that type of you know long form cycle of learning um then that breeds acceptance in a person that in that, that kind of comes along to that that realization of like okay you know every person no matter how much i agree or disagree uh, or judge them into some little weird, you know, mental box. Um, mm -hmm. They are all playing their perfect part. Like, like there's no grain of sand wow. yeah. to, in the universe that's out of place. And that's the most beautiful <laughs> possible way to look at anything. <laughs> I'm 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 constantly in awe of that, and I and I it's part of it's kind of a like a a reoccurring meditation that I remind myself of and that especially when I get down on myself or frustrated with uh, any particular small thing in my life, you know, challenge, uh, I'm like, Oh, you know, this, a, I've, I've had, I've faced all these things before, but here I am, you know, like I have, I, I literally have, a person I'm not really happy with that lives like next to me, <laughs> to be honest, like oh, I've got like this person on the property where I've, I've had like this run in this woman and I won't go into detail, but like she lives on the property here with us. And, and there's only, you know, like five of us uh, on this one kind of complex or whatever. And uh, she's been my teacher, dude. Like she has got my, she's got me so good. I've gotten so mad. It's like so many times and I'm like, <laughs> wow, she, I keep fucking letting her win this thing. Like, and I, and, 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 and more so what it's doing is, is the relation, you know, I wouldn't ever want to say our relationship, my relationship with her, cause I don't feel like I have one, but the truth is there is one. And uh, her relationship to me has been pointing towards the work that I still need to do that. Like I consider myself a, relatively evolved relatively mature um human being that's you know somewhat adult most of the times you know and 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 even though i you know can teach yoga and i can do podcasts and like uh perform you know do do high-end contracts for kiesel and previous jobs at dunlop whatever i i can perform at a high level here's this average everyday woman has just like poked me and I'm just like, yep. Oh my God, I'm so mad. And then, and I find myself riled up. I'm like, okay, well I could get mad at her or I could, I could really actually look at what it's pointing to. And that is that yeah. as calm and cool and collected as I would like to be all the time. I'm just, I'm still, I still have parts of me that are angry. I still have parts of me that are traumatized from things that happened in childhood. I'm still, I'm still a human being 
and I still have reactionary, you know, thoughts and, and feelings at times. And, and, you know, like, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I forget. I'm probably going to misquote it, but it was like, you know, I won't even guess which one it was, but it was like a president or someone who said, uh, you can learn something from everyone. You can walk into a room as the president. This this one is supposed to be an evolved, top of the mind, top of everything, smart, someone who can help a group, a large group. Anyways, he says you can walk into a room, you can learn from the perceived dumbest person in there. Like anyone can show you something. And for someone like, again, like you, you're high pressure situations with, with contracts and stuff, but then you also like can know how to center it with yoga and maybe affirmations and things like this. And uh and then you have this someone who you may perceive as just like this normal per- woman. You're like, why is she getting under my skin? And and then you're like, well, maybe it's forcing growth. There is something I haven't tapped into yet to figure out why it's bothering me. And then you can grow from it. And that's your opportunity to grow if you take that route. You know what I mean? Or you could just get rotten with her and be like, well, screw this and shut out why it's making you mad. But if you can look at why and grow from it, then you come on on top of that situation, you know? Yeah. Well, and it, it is pointed out that... I mean, this is the, the anytime I get mad or I get angry or like, like to the point where I want to cuss somebody out or like, let's have any thought of like, yeah, well, just, I'm gonna just, anytime I get to that point, I'm like, wow, man, you know, uh, like we are all, it's, it's a kind of a level playing field. Like as, as far as you think you're, you're going to take the evolution and like being a nice person or any of these things. I think that everybody is kind of a killer inside at some, you know, at some point, like, and I don't mean that in like in a, in a, in a strange way or like, like uh, it's, you know, I think maybe you can hear what I'm saying that, that if you push anybody to a certain point, you take X amount away from them or you push their buttons just right. um, You know, murder is like on its way, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like, it, it, and, and, and that's, that's like more Lord of the Flies kind of, you know, thing, but uh, in, in, you can see like these remnants of that type of thing, just in like social interaction. I mean, I would never yeah. harm her. I don't I have no not. intention of, of that. And I don't want to harm anyone, yeah. but, um, but man, you know, bugs that are not supposed to be in my house, they piss me off too. And I want to take them outside and I, I take them a lot of them outside. <laughs> But then I go on a killing spree. Like I literally, I want to be the Buddhist guy that's like every one of these bugs. I'm going to put them in a cup and I'm going to take them outside. Here you go, little bug. I know your little consciousness. Like get out of my house. And then like if I get infested with ants or roaches or something or fly, I'm just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mass murderer, you know? And like yeah. I'm just, you know, and it's, and it's, but so, so it's in me on some level, you know, like in, under the right circumstances, I guess. Yeah. It's funny, I'm watching a show right now. It's called Survivor, I'm sure you've heard of it. But mm-hmm. the particular season of Survivor we're watching is, we, meaning my wife and I, is, is called Millennials versus Gen X. So this is truly, you strip everything away from these people. You put them on an island, they have to live. And so you're talking about what you get when, and at the beginning of the show, uh, you know, the host says, you're the Millennials, you're Gen X. And what do you think about the other one? Gen X says, how the millennials, they, uh, they have everything handed to them. They do everything on a computer screen. We had to grow up the hard way, walking five miles to and from work every day <laughs> uphill. You know, that's the cliche. Yeah. And so they look at the millennials like, you're a joke. And then the millennials look at Gen X on the show and they're like, oh, well, we're young, we're more fit. And uh, we just have a different set of problems. And your, your mindset is too old school. You don't got anything. So, But then you strip everything away from them, put them on an island. And it is a social game because you vote out 
the weakest link. You don't just mm. lose physical challenge and then get cut out. So it's a social game, Survivor. That's exactly what you're talking about. It's uh, Each one thinks they have the upper hand, but like you said, when you strip everything back, everyone's a killer in their own way. So regarding of age, this person streams video games for a living, and this guy runs a Fortune 500 company, and they think they have their, their, their advantage, but then next thing you know, they're on a team in the woods together, Lord of the Flies style, like style and uh, <laughs> super, super interesting. I'm not finished yet, so I don't know how it plays out, but it's very interesting to see that we all are on an equal playing field, no matter what. So many years of different experience in life and learning and growing up different ways. Um, you're right. We're all on the same playing field, whether we re- realize it or not. It's true, man. I have to say, uh, and just kind of shift a little bit, like I'll just shift towards a, towards a, a, a kind of a, a thought around gratitude because I've um, seeing so many stories like in my feed around friends, friends of friends, either uh, passing away like from COVID or, or other complications. I mean, the world is always killing people like, <laughs> like there's no shortage. I mean, especially in the last four or five years, seeing so many, uh, icons pass away Prince and David Bowie and like just in is Lemmy you know all these people that in some ways as kids growing up you're like ah they'll never die they're immortal because yeah. like they are supreme creatives but their meat suit has to go too at some point uh, strangely yeah. enough and um, I guess I lately it's been interesting I've had a couple few people um, be you know I, I just hearing stories about just ragged situations and um without going into details i guess it's just taking stock every time i hear that i'm like wow man like i'm so lucky like right this minute right now like i have both my eyes mm-hmm. my hearing is here um my body my meat suits in relative health and <laughs> uh and 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 i have great friends i have um I have a wonderful job. I have multiple wonderful jobs, you know, uh, that I get to, that I get to do, you know, I don't have to yeah. do them. I've worked really hard. I had to do a lot of things or I made myself do. I didn't ever have to do any of that stuff really, but, um, certain requirements under certain, you know, contracts and agreements. But, um, I found such joy in before I go to bed, just saying, thanks. Thanks cosmos. Yeah. Thanks. And, and, I, and I'm so thankful I have my dog, uh, you know, kind of being quarantined and having having somebody around uh, that like I can hug and that like is always looking out for me and wanting to go for walks. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, cool. Let's go. And the that whole vibe. And, and, and it's such a powerful uh, antidepressant yeah. to 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 pour gratitude on your life and on what's happening. right Like right now, I mean, even if out there theoretically something is happening that that may affect you in some sort of negative way and you're anticipating it okay but is it here right now are you in yeah. physical pain right now are yep. you know and 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 if you can kind of separate the two a little bit and come in contact with reality a little bit more I, and then this this is a a lead into like talk about meditation or in stillness and mm-hmm. stuff like that you know uh if, if you but you can if you can be aware of of this moment and and right now then a lot of that stuff 
it becomes it becomes background noise and because and, yeah. and it, there's a there can be immediate joy that can be in, enjoyed yeah i think um i briefly touched earlier on like when i had a few year i think topic of anxiety a few years mm-hmm. it was kind of crippling for me and um one of the ways that uh long i don't want to go too far into because i think it'll just take forever but i ended up it was a podcast I watched and they, they said, Hey, what about when people didn't have these pills to take to solve their anxiety? What did they do? They just got through life. And I was mm. like, you know what? Yeah. You know, um, maybe sadness is a part of life and maybe I'll write a sad song that, that'll live forever because of it or, and so just channel it in a, in a right way. And, and the reason I got into anxiety on this topic right now is because uh, one of the ways to get over it for me was to think about what's the worst case scenario of your fear. So um, if I'm like, oh, this person, I'm going to go out and I'm, I'm socially scared. I'm, I have anxiety or whatever. Then you think, what's the worst case scenario? Oh, you end up in a conversation that someone puts you down, whatever the worst case scenario of your thinking, usually you realize it's like you can totally survive it. And uh, that helped to just be like, I'm so scared of something right now. But when I think of the worst possible scenario, will I survive it? Yes. Have I survived harder things already? Yes. And let's go back to what you were saying can maybe i can find a silver lining and be stronger from it and maybe each thing that i conquer that scared me at first maybe won't be the next i won't be as scared the next time around and now i'm winning and uh and maybe even look at anxiety like hey our minds have this fight or flight response and it's why we've evolved as the the leading uh, species on this planet like uh it is your brain is maybe it's on your side maybe that fear is a just instead of you thinking your brain's against you like, oh, I'm not one with my brain. This is scary. Maybe your brain's like, hey, worry about this because it's a potential threat. In reality, it's almost on your side. Evolutionary terms would have said, hey, mm-hmm. that thing over there is going to attack you. Be afraid. So I think people are so, they look at it like, my brain's not on my team. I shouldn't feel sad. I shouldn't feel scared. I shouldn't feel this. When in reality, those are all normal feelings of life. And your brain's just, maybe it's overreacting. But maybe when I'm in the studio, my overreactive brain is a positive thing. I think of more avenues to take this song because my brain is overactive. So you kind of just look at it like it's not a bad thing. It's not the end of the world. It's And it can help you. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. Um, the Well, and, and I think I think that where we're at, and I just was just discussing this uh, maybe the other day with Cole Rowland, I think, uh, on the pod. He... It was taught. I don't know. Maybe it was with him or or Tim Miller. I'm not sure. One of the one of the other Kiesel Bros. Um, we were talking about how um, the the anxiety and the fight or flight scenario uh, has been so helpful for our evolutionary and for our survival of our species, yeah. right? Um, and I think that what we're finding out now is that because we primarily live in the mind and and, and as on a whole a little a lot or a lot less in the body um because yeah. we used to wake up and the primary uh thrux uh of our day was physical survival i have to yeah. gather i have to you know deal with all the things of staying oh, keeping predators away uh hunting and providing for whatever the scenario might be and so uh, those things kind of sync up and and, and that makes sense in the modern age we've produced a lot of kind of uh what could be considered um false timelines uh you know like we we do that on projects like like oh i've got to have this done by such and such like well 
do do you or is that is that your goal to have it done by then because sometimes the false timeline it it works in your favor because you're like hey everybody like i gotta tell everybody that we're gonna be there at 9 a.m knowing that three people are usually habitually late and really you don't yeah. have to be there till 9 30 so you're good like there's there are ways in which setting goals obviously you know help us uh to achieve the goal the the the, the idea that we're, we have yeah. in mind but there's this other side of it where like you know we're knowing now more and more with more and more testing and results and stuff and watching that like the social media has kind of messed our game up a little bit by getting yeah. these weird rewards of the little red thing on Facebook or the little hearts and yeah. uh and 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 then like the negative commenting kind of you know spiking the fight or flight thing when it's not a real it's not a real thing that's going to harm us no threat yeah, it's a it's a false threat. Is really what it ultimately comes down to, and so to to counteract that, to to work toward and, and that the fight or flight is uh, technically co considered the sympathetic nervous system, and then uh, the rest and digest mode is called parasympathetic, right? And parasympathetic is when we're calm, we're cool, we're we're relaxed, and the body can digest. Uh, the food and and and, and it because it, when we're when the fight or flight mode uh it as you know probably like if you have to run from a tiger like all your blood is is uh like used to like go to the proper organs like just to just to like get us away from the thing that we stop the, the digestion stops and the blood goes to your legs and, and to your mind and you make quick decisions and you're either running or fighting for your life. Like this is the deal, right? So, yeah. so, so it shuts down and uh, when it's in that mode too long, uh, the body becomes inflamed. We, it, we start, you know, the, it's not properly uh, digesting or uh, transmuting the energy in, in putting things in the right place. And we're a culture that kind of lives in that place because of how are all of the mental things all the 24-hour news cycle like that keeps yep. us in a fight or flight oh fuck i got anxiety man are the koreans gonna bomb us like uh, yeah. is china really out to get us with this disease all oh, the russians they've hacked us like every little thing ah, 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 you know and okay. so 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 uh that's like kind of the if nothing else more than anything like my reason for trying to kind of gently push yoga and meditation on the world as yeah. often as I can. Cause I'm like, yo dude, like it's going to work out. We're all going to die no matter what. Don't worry about that. I know yeah. that we have, we'd love for our story to end with a happy ending and all that. Um, you know, maybe, maybe there'll be a, a version of that for you or for me or somebody, but like, it's not promised to everyone. So, but what you do have is right now and what you yeah. can do right now is take a long, slow, deep, breath right that's what you can't that's, you're in control of that you can yeah. do that right you can't do you can't really control or do much of any fucking thing else strangely enough i mean we we we're granted the the grace of being able to do other things you know with with our time but um in, in respect to anxiety and regret um you know watching the breath and 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 feeling into the body uh from the inside out helps us come in contact with the reality that is now like this body lives now it doesn't yeah. live yesterday don't live tomorrow so 
uh, and it's calming. I find it calming. Not every, you yeah. know, there is slightly differences, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I mentioned earlier that uh, my exercise, my release was jujitsu. So obviously everything's closed right now. So I took up mm. yoga like a couple of weeks ago. I've been talking privately about it a little bit. Um, and it's just been that for me. And we're doing this one uh, 30 day challenge with this yoga with Cassandra. I don't know if she's a famous YouTuber or just something that my wife found, but uh, sure. she does every day with affirmations. So each class we do, we're behind. So we do like three of them a day because sometimes <laughs> we'll skip a day or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's just been nice to replace the exercise that I don't get out, you know, elsewhere. And I've just been fascinated with it and want to talk to you more about it. Like, uh, I just I'm I'm seeing more about my body and feeling things I didn't know. Like I could feel about like place ways my core can bend that I didn't even realize and mm. open the hips up and it's been great. So I had a question for you. Like she does affirmations with her yoga. Is that something that you do or you believe in or do you find helps is saying something that does calm you down or having something to repeat? Yeah, it's funny. Uh my very first teacher, uh Annalisa Cunningham, all these years ago, uh, when I was around twenty. Uh, when I it was my first yoga class, a friend took me her whole, uh, my whole yoga thing started off with a practice that had affirmations in it. And I really like it. And I'm, I'm actually in the process. I haven't, I haven't, uh, completed it yet, but I'm in the process of going back and learning, um, her 40 minute, um, like, uh, like, uh, stretch and relaxation, uh, sequence that she, uh, uh, attached uh, the the different affirmations too because I want to do it as like a tribute to her and then invite her yeah. and to be a uh, part of the thing because uh, she's got Lyme's disease and hasn't been able to, to to practice or or teach for a long time in the way that she would like to but I'm very familiar with the affirmation quality and it stuck with me uh like she used to she used to use uh uh in warrior two uh mm -hmm. she would use the uh the affirmation, I am a warrior of the heart. Yeah. I am a warrior of the heart. And it's like, and it's this place where you've got your arms yep. spread out, right? You know, warrior too. And you're gazing and there's like, it's this big, you're taking up a lot of space and your heart is exposed. Yeah. And it's something that feels so good about that, you know? And I think um, words have such power. And when you put them in the right order, uh, and with the right intention behind them, it's just like mu it's just like music, and, and, and it, you infuse a thing with your intention, and um, and and that's how it, 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 it when somebody has clear, honest intention towards other humans uh, around or a situation around healing or betterment, mm -hmm. um, crazy like things move and shift in ways that you're like why is that it's kind of magic it's kind of magic yeah. uh i think are you feeling good because of these yeah. affirmations with with these classes so for me like i haven't she says i'm from the tv and so but i'm not necessarily repeating them so much in my head so okay here's why like the first week i found that some of the positions like i was focusing so hard on just holding them particularly like some of the lunges where it's like I haven't used that particular muscle that muscle that way. So the first week I was like almost not even focusing on my breathing because I was just focusing on holding myself in this position. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, three, now I think we're on like the third week or something. So now I'm able to like do all these positions and I can just focus on deep breath in and out. 
And so, and now I'm able to start repeating these things into my head where like the first week I was just like, God, this is hard and I'm just trying to do it. But I'm, I'm finally starting to get, well, first know them by name, which is important. So mm-hmm. some of them you need to look up and some of them you look down. And so for the first week, she's going to all these positions and I don't know them by name. So I would have to like look at the TV a lot. And so I was interrupting by myself by looking at the TV and I was not doing the breathing because some of the positions were hard, obviously not all of them, but like certain ones are hard to hold. Sure. Um, so by week three, now I've got my breath. I know them by name. I don't need to stare at the TV to know that I'm doing this position a certain way and correctly. And uh, so, yeah, we, I feel like day one, I felt good completing it. Just like anything you do exercise wise, like even if it's hard in the moment, you know, you always feel good after, you know, it's like, Mm-hmm. Oh, it sucks to go to the gym every day, but you know, every time you leave the gym, you feel good. So mm-hmm. day one, I had that, but week three, I now know that I'm doing it a little more correctly with breathing and, uh, and I'm getting even more out of it. So it's just on the trajectory, uh, the path that we're on with it now, I'm just becoming a more and more of a fan each day and don't want to stop doing it when we can get back out of the house and back to class and back to the gym. I, it's not something I want to get out of again. I, I think I would have implemented it into life. Life's better with it. And so, yeah, I'm just more of a fan every day. That's amazing, man. I'm so glad to hear that. It uh, makes me makes me so happy because it's affected my life in such a, a profound way that, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where like when I first started really feeling the benefit of it, I was like, oh, I want to be, I want to go all total newborn Christian on everybody's ass with this thing. Like, <laughs> Everybody's got to do yoga. You got to be yeah, saved, yeah. you know, learn to meditate, like be on my team, you know? And, um, but quickly, you know, part of the, the thing with yoga and um, it's such a kind of, uh, it's, it's such a big, vast subject. People that, excuse me um you know if you only know about yoga on a surface level it's it's easy to be dismissed oh it's a bunch of stretching cute girls do it that's that's nice you know and then and then then you might come along and and take a class and you're like oh i i didn't even know i could feel these parts of my body and exactly and 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 hopefully you're brought into it with a good teacher and they're not making you feel weird because you can't do something or whatever you're a lot of that stuff um it's just there's a, lo- there's a big curve and and, yeah. and if you're willing to submit to the curve a little bit and just continue to look up at the at the tv or at the teacher uh, and or the, look around in your class when classes open up again then you'll learn really quick and and the cool thing is you know it's not like other sports or things where you're looking for this this quality of perfection there's yeah. there's always something to aim for thankfully and to favor um but there's a lot of acceptance in different body shapes and like look hey if you can't do this no problem here's a block or here's a prop that will help you uh, achieve a a similar effect in the body even though you're not able to actualize its uh final look or whatever and uh and and really it's not it's not about it's not about like getting good at the physical positions per se it really it's mm-hmm. about because because i love um one of my favorite teachers man uh, one of these days i'll send you a couple of his videos just to try out because yeah. they're really good um this guy ian finn he's from canada and uh, he's a surfer into tai chi and a yoga teacher and he's blended all three of them together really well and one of his favorite uh things to say uh, and to communicate when teaching yoga is like look yoga is not a shape 
it's a feeling. And so that kind of thought process helps you get out of like this achievement thing. It's like, how can I achieve the, the, the exact shape that looks so yeah. clean? Like I see on Instagram or with these, I mean, you can, you potentially can, and there's, there's nothing wrong with, you know, working towards uh, refinement, but it's about how you feel afterwards. Like you said, you can go to the gym and you're like, Oh man, I don't want to go to gym every day. And I don't want to go to yeah. yoga every day either, but I never bummed that I went never bummed. You know, I always feel better. So Sometimes I want to say to myself, the way I feel when I leave jujitsu, I want to like write it down in a book. And then the way I feel when I finish class, I want to write it down. So that any time that I'm like, oh, I don't feel like going today. I just want to open that book and look and be like, oh, the way I can, I can feel like that in a matter of an hour. If I just, just get up and go. And so, yeah, it's just one of those things, just like reading too. Sometimes like I try to keep a schedule of it. Sometimes I'm like, what well, the TV is much more engaging at times or mm -hmm. the video game or whatever. And, but it's like I've never regretted sitting down and reading for a little bit ever at the when it's all said and done. Once you get into it, um, the brain calms down and you're you're involved. But so, sometimes it's just getting there and showing up and holding yourself accountable. Like earlier, show up to the studio every day, write that yeah. riff, um, consistency. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun with it. I got to do your class. I forget what happened. Oh, last week I was on my phone, like had no luck getting login. And then this week was my birthday weekend. But yeah, I'm excited to do your class. Um, it's a cool thing. I like that it's an option that we can do it on the computer. I'd love to do it in yeah. person with you someday. That would be yeah. ideal. I know that since I'm kind of learning with this YouTube, I know that when I go to a class, the, I'm sure the teacher will probably like correct, you know, certain mm -hmm. things. But I've also, you know, you said, I don't know how good this teacher is and I don't have anything to go off of, but she does say in the videos, like, if this is where you need to be, cool. If you want to take it a step further, cool. So it seems like she is sympathetic to different amounts of flexibility or different levels of your yoga journey and things like that. For example, like I broke, I had a Liz Frank fracture in my foot. So like the mid, uh, I had mm. pins and plates and all this. And what happens when you're healing a broken foot is you walk kind of weird with your hips out of line. That'll screw up your whole back. And then, so for me, there's certain positions where the, the backs of my thighs are just so tight, like mm -hmm. so tight. So all the ones where she's folded over the leg, I'm like fairly mm. leaning forward. My <laughs> wife's like all down and like, so yeah, you know, and, and she says a lot and I'm sure you know all this, but uh, if it feels like good to you, then that's good. You know, like that's kind of the benefit, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be perfect posture yet, especially if you're learning on YouTube, but uh, I'm excited to get to a class and kind of see where I'm not there and where I can do better. And, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to learn on YouTube, but I'm still getting so much enjoyment out of it. I'm so happy about that, dude. Well, I, there's a class tomorrow um, if you're interested at uh, at 12 noon. Uh, my, so it'll be two two o'clock for you. Uh, yeah. I'm 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 starting to do these uh, 12 o'clock on Tuesdays and five o'clock on Fridays in addition to my Sunday morning yoga churches. And these will be like just one hour, a little bit more fitness based, but still yoga and um, and stuff. And I I put a little bit of the Tai Chi uh, stuff in there too because. Uh, ever since I experienced that in a yoga class, I was like, Oh, I gotta have that. Like that yeah. feels really good. Um, but, uh, I, I, I gotta wrap it up a little bit, but I, I wanna, I, I want, I didn't even ask you. I, I love that. I didn't have any, felt like I had a chance to ask you yet about guitar picks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was wanting to ask you if you could, uh, run us through like, um, what you remember about your first couple of guitar picks 
yeah. uh, and and what and if if you can kind of recollect like the evolution of uh, the different picks you've played through the years up until what you're playing now. So yeah, I first started playing when I was ten, and I was I got a three quarter size guitar. So like I was just so excited to learn. I went and picked up whatever pick I had. I remember specifically those. They look like pick guard colors, but this defender, whatever, the mediums, thins. Uh, I used to just grab whatever and play. And I honestly didn't even care about those details. Like I was told to get a full size guitar before I even wanted it. I was just like kind of doing whatever, picking up whatever pick. Um, I'd say if there's anything weird about my life with guitar picks, it's that every three years or so, I drastically change it. It's just like hmm. clockwork, to be honest with you. So I would say that's the most interesting aspect of my journey is that I'll go from like a medium full size to right now I'm on jazz threes, which I've, and I've gone back to jazz threes twice. Nice. Um, it's interesting. I don't know, but there's things about each one. Like, so this is my studio in front of me in the store. I'm doing like I recorded infinite mind and all those stuff. And I'll speak of the devil. I have Greg's carbon pick. Sick. <laughs> um, oh, I love it. But what I notice is with picks is, uh, in the studio, there's such a beautiful underrated weapon. So I have like these wooden ones. These were custom made for me with the Born of Cyrus O on it, but really wow. thick, made out of like, I'm not sure. But what I notice is you get this real glassy tone in the studio. So I'll utilize picks in the studio for tonal capabilities. Also, thin picks can sound pretty with clean tones. If I have to go one, I go like jazz three on stage for an hour and a half, but um, or an hour. But in the studio, I find that I have a collection in front of me. They're all different because I like to utilize them for their tonal qualities. They do have them. Um, yeah, a couple of these jazz threes right here. These are different, oh, yeah. made out of different things. But even though they're the same size and shape and relative thickness, this one's a little thicker. Um, yeah, I kind of use them as tools. I don't know if that's what you're asking me, but <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is. Yeah, and, and like the that that uh, amber one was looks like it was an uh, a Dunlop uh, Altex jazz three. Yep. Yep. And then the other one's like a Tortex custom print. Yeah, so, so with the picks, uh, I think when I went to the store, I was buying the Black Jazz 3s, but when I wanted to like put my dog on there or whatever. <laughs> oh, I remember um, that. They were like, yeah. Yeah. I still use them. I just change the That's color cool. from time to time. Um, but yeah, I think you have to, uh, to get prints, I think this is the option you go with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, switch it up. Been with like, I think I did like the blue mediums full size before this. So again, mm -hmm. very different. Mm -hmm. And uh, each time I switch, I think I get better, but I don't know. It could <laughs> just be like something new to feel. I don't know. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's just the freshness. I, I, I'm, I'm now at a point where uh, I have so many picks and I have so many uh, like high end builders. Like I just had this random, uh, this, uh, uh, this is from iron, it's like i think it's called iron age wow. so it's like this kind of like cool. piece of wood that is married to a piece of like polymer and it's all fused and cool it's super sharp i have uh, you know i pick up i have so many random ones uh that i i'll just it's i get inspired by just having something different in my hand you know that that day yeah. i and it's wonderful i mean like we're in a beautiful place. i have so many guitars and i'm like I'm going to play that. That one looks cool today. I'm going to check you out and then I'm going to pair you with this pick and see how that works out. And uh, maybe That's I'll get a song out of it. Maybe I get a little riff out of it, you know? I yeah. Know. 
I recognize this from your Instagram. I see you jam tons of times with that XFX in, yeah. in this corner right here. It seems, uh, yeah, I this... I, what I've always said is, I think always, but I said to you like once, I always just love when I watch you play on Instagram. I can just see it in your face that you're just feeling it. And it just is so, it's just beautiful to see that, man. Like just oh. you're jamming these riffs and freestyling. Like you just see the passion on your face, man. It's, it's beautiful. Thanks Lee, man. That That's, that, I, I can't say thank you enough. I, I really, I mean, I haven't wa like there was, I went through a big phase of like not wanting to share anything because I work with all of you. I work with yeah. you. I work with every great, almost every great player on the planet. And I'm like, eh. that simultaneously makes me want to play and also burn all my guitars. Oh, like, yeah. you know, it's that there's a paradox there. I'm like, I'm like, why would I ever, why would I ever try to put anything out when the, all these people are doing such a great job? And, and then I have, then I, I come full circle and I'm like, Oh, well, it's not about, it's not a competition. Yeah. It's like, if you want to play music, play music. Cause you love to play music and reconnecting to that has been like you know what i don't care i i don't have all the chops and i and i i will never have all the chops and i'm not actually interestingly enough i'm i'm being real about myself i'm not trying to have them all i'm not trying to be something i'm not so yeah. uh in that it's given me freedom to feel comfortable yeah. in sharing because i just am who i am and like that's what that's what you get and if you don't like it you don't have to tune into my shit you know it's fine yeah, uh, I, I know i'm I, I know i'm a little bit of hack here or there you know i'm just like trying to have fun like everybody else you know i'm sure with friends in your life or anyone you get in the same question i get all the time is um 30 this or i'm 42 or older in age whatever not old that's not old but anyways is it too late to start that's the question right. you get from people at any age and I'm like, no way. I like, I'm tw uh, 21 years into my journey and I still have those days where I don't feel like I can do anything with a guitar. And, uh, but, but I think that's like the beauty of it. So what I told like my little brother just picked up a guitar the other day and, and I'm like, if you're enjoying what you're doing in the moment, even if it's not even musical to somebody else, you won, you win. As long as you're enjoying the five minutes a day that you play that one chord that you know, if it put a smile on your face, you got it. That's awesome. Cause I can find days that I can't get that smile 21 years later because I'm almost being too hard on myself. So it's like, yep. Oh man. Like just, it shouldn't be about that competition. And in born of Osiris, like Tosin was in the band once live with me and, and we've had some, uh, it's been like, we haven't had a lot of guitar players that helped us write music. We've had some of the best guitar players like fill in with me. Mm -hmm. And what happens is they'll be like, how does Lee compare versus this guy? Like, who's better? Who's better? Or they do sure. it with guitar players all the time. Like, who's better, this guy or this guy? And that question always irks me, even if they think I'm better or whatever. It's not even a personal whether I won that or lost that. It's like, I hate that question because, for example, my, my records, like, I do a lot of faster stuff in Born, but on my records, I almost like them to be a little more relaxing. They're still heavier and edgier, my solo stuff, but my goal there is to just play sometimes more pretty than anything and so when then they'll take that and they'll compare it to some guy who's doing and they'll be like oh that guy's better i'm like well why though like <laughs> even if you take me out of the equation because it sounds like i'm talking about me versus but i'm just saying like this is just art and it doesn't need to be compared in a win or lose fashion mm. you can appreciate what this guy's doing versus this guy like i think you just snagged david maximicic to kiesel yep. and yep. and dude that's one of my favorite guitar players right now 
Same. And no, he's not going 90,000 miles an hour on his records. What I love no. about him is because it's so beautiful. And so mm-hmm. whether it's slow playing and beautiful or fast and crazy, I respect that. Whether you know one chord and you smile when you play it because you're just learning, that's beautiful. It's all beautiful if you can just find happiness in it, you win. Dude, I'm so glad that you highlighted him because he uh, is absolutely one of, top shelf, one of my very favorite people to watch uh and listen to and for all the reasons that we've been talking about the entire podcast because of the dynamic and Mm -hmm. and the intention and and just who he is as a person comes through his music in such a beautiful beautiful way like i i I love it when he gets heavy because he can he understands what it means to to do heavy and intense and technical stuff but he always finds a way to to keep it real dynamic and saucy and like there's yeah. there's something that's happening in his setup like when i, when I, I my, my introduction to him was below 3.0 mm-hmm. uh sarah longfield posted about it and uh, at the youtube link uh when i was back at emg pickups it feels like 100 years ago now but i I remember going, oh, Sarah thinks this is, and she said something about like the coolest thing ever, you know, and I was like, click. Yeah. And, and I started listening, the whole intro and the whole like piano and like the orchestra uh, type strings and stuff that he incorporated to, I, I was crying by like the track three. I was like, <laughs> yeah. where has this man been my whole fucking life, man? This is the coolest yeah. shit. Like, and I don't, and, it, and it's, it's hard to even like put, like real words to it because it, it just it, it pushed my buttons in such a beautiful way that i all i could do was message him and say hey man i don't know if you want to work with me on any level but like yeah. i i'll do whatever you want like you tell you tell me how high to jump yeah. i'll find a way to get the trampoline to get over the you know i'll do the thing and he was just like oh let's just hang out like it's cool like you know <laughs> yeah. i'm like oh you know like because i was kind of fangirling a little bit i was like this guy like who and then it company what i also find it another little uh cool thing is that he is such a big devin townsend fan and you if you uh kind of look at him through that lens you're like oh of course he is <laughs> i His swear production. on uh, my everything in this room right now that 10 seconds ago the next comment out of my mouth was he's like an exotic <laughs> devin townsend <'cause, laughs> That's what I feel like. Uh, it's like Devin Townsend who came from a different country and has his own input. And like, uh, and because I'm a huge Devin Townsend fan, like massive. Same. And uh, it's so funny you got to that point. I don't mean to interrupt you, but. No, it's okay. We, I'll put a, put a cherry on that guess. And, and, and David is born, they're on, they have the same birthday. No. Yeah. May 5th. <laughs> May 5th. That's crazy. It's you know, 10, 10 years or something or, or more apart or whatever, but. Uh, maybe 15 or 20 I don't know freaky. Um, freaky yeah and and I actually had them a couple nams ago because I, I when I stopped I don't know like four years ago or something that I stopped partying at nam you know I uh, just like yeah. no nope, I'm just gonna It'll I'm gonna take you. it yeah. chill because uh, I would stay out all night and you know yeah. do stupid shit and uh, and then be a ragged mess on the floor the next day wearing sunglasses in there under those neon lights trying not to feel it too hard and oh, yeah. uh but uh but i i stopped about i don't know it's like maybe two years three years ago uh i oh it was probably four years ago that i started teaching i started teaching yoga at nam so like in the mornings i'd stay at the hilton uh every year and 
So I just started inviting people down and Devin and David showed up at the, to the same class and they both took like <laughs> class with me. So there's somewhere, there's a picture of, of Devin and David, like, you know, and a couple other folks that it had come to the, 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 the class. And it's like, man, if you had told me like, you know, five, 10 years, like, especially before I started teaching yoga that someday you're going to be teaching yoga at NAM, and you're going to like have two of your favorite people in your class. Yeah. <laughs> I'd tell you to fuck off a little bit, you yeah, know? Yeah, man, for sure. But that's cool. You know. I, I got to do that next, Nam, because I've dialed it down. But I remember even the first year go to Nam, you you don't think it's a, I mean, at least I didn't think it was a party. And then you realize that it is the biggest party Huge. ever. And then you, all the things that you thought Nam was going to be, of, I'm going to look at every guitar and every <laughs> pill. All of a sudden, you're just like fried the next day. You're like, I don't want to look at anything. I don't even want to hear anything. And so yep. I, each time I dial it down, and thank God it also because now I'm performing at Nam with Kiesel and stuff. So mm-hmm. it kind of holds me accountable to not be hungover mm. and not be crappy. Um, I Yeah, next time I got to go with you and do yoga and keep it sure. chill because uh, that place will get you. And uh, actually, it was a positive note kind of side not side note, but uh, I had my first ever sober performance at NAM um, mm. at the Kiesel booth. And so I'm not saying I was like, used to be wasted, wasted, but with sure. anxiety and stuff, like it was a hard thing for me to ever like go on stage and not have a drink or something so like yeah man will bring it out of you whether it's a party or it's accountability i've had both there and uh yeah it's a, it's an interesting place to be but yeah some some yoga would do me much better at NAM than uh, the alternatives mm, yeah totally man i've yeah, had a lot of a lot of good results from that i want to ask you two two last things and i gotta i gotta wrap it up um uh for a few reasons um but uh one is that uh i asked a few friends like hey i'm gonna have lee on the pod today like should i ask him anything you know yeah. and and my buddy was like he's putting together uh, an album himself right now and uh he's just like maybe just ask him like uh about guest solos does he do ghost guest solos and what is the process like if somebody is looking uh, to have you do a guest solo on their project, um, do you have a, a going rate and, and, and is that, that you would actually, you know, uh, publicly state and, and, you know, how do you, how do you make that decision? Yeah. So first I thought you were asking if I have people on my records and I'll answer that one first, even though it's not the question you're asking. And I okay. don't right now, I'm going to end up doing a solo record where each song has a guest. Um, Cause we've got some, you and I both know we have cool friends that were stoked like the Davids that we get to meet through this industry. And I would love to have him on a song. Correct. At the moment, I don't do him on my regular records because I don't want to have to like learn anybody else's stuff. <laughs> but as far as guests and other people's music, I love doing them. And so, I mean, naturally I'll, I have a cost. It's usually around like the $400 mark or something like that. I've been doing cheaper during quarantine because I had to cancel all these tours. So did everyone else. It's all good. Um, but yeah, it's usually like, around the $400, $500 mark. Um, but, okay, so yes, there's money to be made, but I want to say what I think is the most beautiful thing about it is what cooler way to connect with a musician that you enjoy than to share music with them. So mm. it's not just a cash thing for me. Like, I think if I, so Guthrie Govan is like probably like my all-time hero Oof. on guitar. Yeah. And uh, I would, first of all, I would love to have a conversation with him. But if you told me I could have that, or I could have him on one of my songs, I'm gonna share that connection with him. I want him on one of my songs desperately mm-hmm, badly. Mm-hmm. If you know how to hook me up, you know how I can do that. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
yeah no I think it's the most beautiful way to connect so yes I do them um it's and it's not just for money it's really because I think it's the coolest way to connect with other people I don't think people in the rock and metal world collab enough and you listen to the radio every song is two artists coming together you know what I mean and, right. and so I think this world could use a bit more collaboration and I'm all about doing it that's cool well, that's a great answer, and thank you for for letting us know. Um, the lastly, I'd like to ask: just uh, do you have uh, an artist or an album or uh, uh, one or two things that you've been listening to recently, or something we could shout out that we should check out? Yeah, my like album of the year last year was this band called Sleep Token. It's like hmm. fan of the opera meets like Deftones meets metal. It's really cool. They wear like masks, but they're like really artistic and. It sounds like an opera singer and it's kind of heavy and dark and goth. Um, but right now I'm listening to like, Pliny just came out with a couple of things. Another artist similar in the David Maximidic world that I feel like guitar players writing songs that, yeah, there's flashy stuff for sure. But like, it's not based on that. Like when you used to listen to some older guitar records from certain artists, and this isn't even negative because those records sure. that were flashy shaped like my childhood of, of playing guitar. So I'm not even being negative, but just i'm really into that right now like the songwriting aspect of it that's why david maxim like gets me going because of the the songs that he's creating it's like devin townsend the songs the the production the, the effects that everything um but yeah so Polini put out a couple things i i should say out loud that the one thing i saw him say about them is that he kind of considers them interludes and not hmm. songs because i think he like saw a picture or, or took a picture i'm probably i hope i'm not butchering this but like turned it into music and melodies and like transcribed some photo into melody somehow. So um, I recommend Pliny to anybody, but um, he just released something called Birds and Surfers, two songs. Um, I recommend any of his music, but uh, I would say that's the recent thing that I was jamming the other night was uh, Birds slash Surfers by Pliny. I haven't checked. I haven't heard. I didn't know that he released anything and he's one of my favorites too. I actually found out, I think, I found out about Pliny through David or vi- vice versa. I'm not sure which one happened first, but, or no, no. Yeah. It was Pliny through David. Cause I found David through, uh, Sarah. through Sarah. Yeah. Uh, what a masterful guitar player. And you're right. Like he holds the, um, he holds a real particular space for somebody that knows how to obviously, I mean, dynamic is like, you can't use that word enough for either one of those, yeah. but for David or Pliny, uh, they really, but composer, it's a composer writing music and taking inspiration from a painting and yeah. trans, kind of transmuting that. And I, I love those stories. I love uh, when David was on the pod at NAMM, he talked about um, like some of, some of the album that he's finishing up now, Below 4.0, uh, there's a couple songs or a portion of it that's inspired by um, a friend of his that passed away. And like, there's a smell that he associates with yeah. certain things. And he's like, and, and, and so the, the smell is like the driving force around trying to like, kind of like create the music so that maybe wow. that the smell will not haunt him or go away. I'm like, man, wow. what? okay. You know, that's really, I'm, that's I'm interested really in, in, in how life affects the art you know and vice yeah. versa because uh it feeds in and on, on itself and i gotta listen to that one i know we gotta wrap it up but one two one yeah. thing about both those guys have me doing is turning the game down on my lead <laughs> channels because i think 
when yep. David plays a lot of stuff, I I can hear his fingers like rolling off the string. Like you hear every detail because it's not covered up by all this gain. So that's been something lately that I'm like, I'm almost treating gain like reverb where now I'm going to dial it into it. Uh, not, not like it's there, but like I'm only going to bring it into where it needs to be and nothing more. So mm. that's been something that I've been interested in is gaining down, like less gain because you get more detail and that's becoming more and more important to me over time as I move towards less and more dynamic and you know beauty and stuff like that so yeah amazing well uh before we close uh do you happen to have that new h string there close to you yeah oh yeah can you show it off for a second I, yeah, I feel bad because the lighting in my studio is so bad I keep uh, it in. yeah that thing's not yeah it won't look show up quite the way it's supposed to on that that's but, okay uh, we sell this one, um, and this one you can buy as is, and you will be able to see it because it's white. Oh, um, yeah. We sell this guitar as is with the roasted bird's eye, everything. Uh, this one, no, this is the bird's eye. Uh, the roasted maple, white, um, just beautiful. Everything. So cool. Um, and you can get this one as it is. And it's crazy. Like, we did the math on, like, if you add up all the features of this one for how much you would pay for it like individually or with a different company and it's like Kiesel is just getting away with like because there's no middlemen involved in the company and because they're just direct to the consumer you get so much more American-made mm. guitar for your money with the company and that's a fact whether you're with the company or not you know what I mean it's not just because I'm part of the company but it's just a fact that's but so yeah do more eight string I don't have like like the biggest hands ever and so eight strings kind of turned me off for a long time because not they didn't feel comfortable and that's mm -hmm. that's all i care about anymore with guitar like it's just does it feel good is it comfy does it make me feel happy and uh the eight strings here like they don't feel like trees in your hands and so uh they're more approachable more playable agreed i think that the are, are yours fan fret or no no i don't no that's all because you have a trim yeah yeah I, have, uh, I do it on bass, and the other guy in Born just got one on eight string. I'll consider it for eight string, but uh, at the moment now I haven't haven't gone that way. That's all right. Well, I just I just uh, appreciate uh, the fan fret on eight string. It it, it kind of same thing. I, I I felt comfortable when I when mm -hmm. I felt like there was a, I don't know. It just it it made it less uh, daunting. Even though I'm yeah. still not really an eight string, I, I seven string is I, six and seven. I just like to stay in those realms for the most part. Yeah. But uh, but I, I can I can appreciate I have an eight string here, and you know every once in a while I try to. But yeah, I feel like you have to be dedicated to the thing, man. Otherwise, if yeah. you just if you just toy with it, then you don't ever fully make friends with it. I agree. That's a beautiful <laughs> point to make. You know. So I think when you see Tosin play an eight, it's just like, oh, you dedicated, you committed, and yeah. that's like your dance partner right there. So it's exactly. a beautiful way to use it. Yeah. Well, Lee, man, I I, I got to wrap it up, but thank you so yeah. much, man, from the bottom of my heart. I, it's yeah. been a wonderful conversation, and uh, I can't wait till there's another opportunity for us to hang in person. And Absolutely. I'll keep inviting you to the yoga classes, and you yeah. show up whenever you can. And um, anything I can ever do for you, just let me know. Appreciate it. You have behind the scenes in many ways already, and I uh, appreciate you. And thanks for having me on your podcast. I remember I saw you at NAMM and told you I was, I was into it. So it's cool to be, you know, on, on it now. And uh, 
Yeah, thank you. Beautiful conversation. I, I love having these. And they, they also make you walk away feeling better after a good conversation, mm. just like a good class. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, man. Well, have a great rest of your day and uh, we'll be in touch real soon, okay? You too, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me. You got it, man. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.